Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Grr, Good dog. That's some bad hat hair. It's a cool dog. Good idea, not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television whenever we get around to it. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Atlanta Season 3. Damask Leary, how are you? Um, How am I? Great question. <laughs> I think good. I, I'm think a little exhausted. Good. I had a long day. I, I think I'm doing okay. How okay. are you, Broad? I'm doing okay. It's probably worth starting uh, this episode mm. just talking about why we've had a bit of a break. We had already had a bit of a break previously um, from our review episodes because Damask had been sick with COVID, which affected mm-hmm. things. And then just as we were due to do our Atlanta Season 3 review um, a couple of weeks after our review of Russian Doll Season 2, um, unfortunately for Liam and myself, our dad got sick sort of had a very quick deterioration health and actually passed away. So we've had some time off unannounced um, because of that. Uh, but we're back now, I'm hopefully going to get things back on track with the show. I'm looking forward to the reviews we have lined up for the next um, couple of fortnights or so. Mm. Um, but yeah, just as an explanation as to why we went radio silent and there was really no indication of where we'd gone, that's why. That's it. Um, so hopefully people understand that. I appreciate everyone's patience, all things considered. With that in mind, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Atlanta Season 3. Let me clue you in. Season in review. A lazy four years after the end of Season 2, we finally catch up to Alfred, Ern, Darius and Van on the Paperboy Europe tour and their many adventures travelling through places that are definitely not Atlanta, Georgia. At least, that's about half of this season, as the rest of the time we're introduced to a brand new characters in a series of one-off anthology stories. Hera Mirai and Don Glover direct all but one of this season's episodes, which was instead helmed by Childish Gambino's This Is America film clip director Ibra Aki, with the core acting talent all returning, surrounded by a huge and varied supporting cast, including some very fun cameos that you'll have to discover for yourself. Season 3 of Atlanta consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 32 minutes, and took us approximately 5 hours and 20 minutes to watch. Season 4 of Atlanta, which will be its final season, was shot alongside Season 3 and is supposedly scheduled to release later this year. So after a four-year break between Seasons 2 and (laughs) 3, we're going to get 3 and 4 in a hurry, apparently. So that's interesting. Damask. It has mm-hmm. been a long time since we watched season one and season two yes, of Atlanta now. it has been. Do you remember sort of what your feelings and thoughts were on the first two seasons of Atlanta? Well, you know me. I don't remember um, yesterday, but <laughs> I do – in terms of like plot and stuff, I've got vague memories, but my, my memories, I guess, are all emotional and I remember really enjoying it and thinking it was – 
fascinating. I came to really adore the character of Paperboy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my feelings about it were very, very positive. Um, I went back and listened to uh, the just the spoiler-free review section of Atlanta mm-hmm. Season 2 review to remember where we were at. You gave Season 1, I believe, a 4 out of 5, and you mm-hmm. gave Season 2 5 out of 5. You were absolutely head, right. <laughs> head over heels for Season 2 of Atlanta. Um, and I believe I gave both seasons a 4 out of 5 stars and found them both to be really enjoyable. Um, relatable yet also foreign was sort of the term we were using in a sense that it, there was a distance between our lives and mm. the lives of these characters insightful, truth, truthful, and strange all at the same time, um, which I think aptly sort of describes what the first two seasons were like. So with that in mind, Damask, would you like to give your spoiler-free review of Atlanta Season 3? I would. Um, this review for me is going to be slightly different in that usually I just write exactly what I'm going to say. I sure. haven't done that this time. I found it I'm, quite... I'm coming in a little bit raw this week Yeah, as well. I um... found it difficult to do that. <laughs> sure. Um, so, as you were saying, this season is extremely episodic. Um, and, you know, the show has been previously that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you were saying, we have so many of those kind of anthology episodes. Four out of the ten, I think, if you yes. count them up. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they're stories without our main characters in them at all. Uh, and all of, all of the episodes are well-written, well-directed, and well-acted. And I can't deny that this show continues to fascinate me. I think the word fascinated is very appropriate. Um, I think I – I mean, character is so important in terms of my investment level for any show that I come to – adore in like a, that really personal way. Sure. Um, and this show is really good. Like it really is. But I, it's not – I don't think I could ever be something that I love because I feel so distant to the characters. For many reasons. One, this season it's because um, we are kept <laughs> – at certainly arm's length from these characters because we don't get to spend as much time with them. Sure. But I also think it's simply the journey the characters are on where this show raises far more questions um, and, in fact, doesn't offer any answers, I think. And that is a valuable experience in and of itself. Um, It is an exploration of... Uh, identity, um, the culture, um, the many iterations of experience of race and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is just simply an exploration. Um, but at this stage, land doesn't seem to be in sight and I don't think that's the purpose of the show. Um, and i, I got to say, though, <laughs> the way that this show is written stresses me the fuck out. Okay. Uh, Quite often, our characters, um, both familiar and entirely new, are put in situations that are very stressful or just simply super annoying. (laughs) And I was having, like, anxiety watching it. My heart was racing. I was just – I was stressed out. Sure. I'm genuinely stressed out. Um, It was exhausting, 
but it was good. I was never like, this is not giving me enough to make me want to watch the next episode like, say, Search Party did. Yeah. It was still an enriching experience, but I was sweating. Um, Paperboy is still amazing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's still got that whole tough guy routine, but underneath he's just like a lost person and you can't help but root for him and hope that he somehow finds a path or a purpose that is fitting and fulfilling for him. He had a particularly good episode, I thought, this season. Yes. Yes, he did. Um and in terms of him being a lost person, I think everyone is in this show. It's it's about the fact that everyone is lost mm-hmm. and trying to find their way um, and looking for signs and signposts that are going to direct them to being who they think they should be or could be, but all just simply fumbling in the dark. You know, this show feels like a yo-yo rolling back and forth between finding and losing yourself but this season in particular it seemed as though the string was so long that we haven't come back to the finding yourself at this moment in time everyone is just lost sure and will we find you know will they find themselves next season i don't know i wouldn't be banking on that i I don't i don't think so and i think this season really cements that, that that's not what the show is um as it continues to evolve i think the fascinating thing about this show is that it is such a clear evolution, um, which is fascinating, interesting, all that stuff. And I'm certainly excited for season four, but I, I don't know. I need a holiday after watching this season. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess that that's my review. What about you, Rob? Interesting. I, I, I was really interested about this listening back to our review because it's been four years and I mm. was surprised to find out that you gave season to five stars. Like, mm-hmm. you were head over heels in love with the show then. Yes. I guess the question I have for you, and, and we can't fully answer this necessarily until we get to our spoiler-free review, mm-hmm. is does this feel different from season two to you? Like, does it feel... It, do, do you remember season two being different? Being more of what you wanted from a character's perspective where you're able to invest in those characters? Because that is one of the things you talk about in that review yeah. is that you were in love with the characters. Yeah, I think that was my anchor, even mm. though, you know, the show was exploring things that either I hadn't experienced, was ignorant to, um, or, yeah, just simply hadn't analysed. Um, but the characters were always my anchor and I, mm. I that is and always will be, I think, really important for me. And I didn't quite have enough of that anchor. I felt a little adrift, I think, this season. Sure, sure, sure. And not necessarily in a a bad way, but just in terms of how much I'm able to love something. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is always the thing about a review, right? It's always going to be subjective. And in four years, a lot of things can change. A, we've just had so much distance from the show that when you come back to it now Mm. without having gone back to the first two seasons, that's going to be a different experience completely. I wonder if this had come out a year after the season two, whether we might feel differently about it. Not Mm -hmm. just because we would have had less distance from the show, because we might be different people then compared to where we are now as well. And those things are very, Mm. very important too. Yeah. Um, With all that in mind, yes, uh, having been away from the show for so long, I was actually just 
personally slow to start season three. Mm. I mm. hadn't rewatched the first two seasons like you haven't. And I wondered also if I was just kind of in the headspace to watch something that I remember being at times very esoteric and yeah. surreal as well um, and dark. Very dark at times. And having watched a few of these episodes with my mum over the last couple of days in particular, it was interesting to sort of go, I'm not sure this show's for you. And she seemed to be having a good enough time, but I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't think this is what you would normally watch, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did think this was an excellent continuation of the show that I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the show has really missed a beat in the last four years. And if it took four years for them to feel like they were in a place to refresh themselves or to come back this with the same energy they had for the first two seasons, then I'm glad they did. Um, I was pretty quickly back on board once I did decide to watch the show. Mm. It does start with a non-main character focused episode, which took me by surprise. Mm. Um, But the Atlanta vibes, the things that made the show unique, the things that made the show what it is, I think were there from the first episode. I 100% agree. It never didn't feel like Atlanta. Totally. It absolutely did. Totally. It, it This show, what I will always appreciate about it is that it knows exactly what it wants to do and what it's trying to do, or at least mm-hmm. what levers it's trying to put, put, uh, pull on, what buttons it's trying to push. It is extremely, um, not divisive, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, evocative. And mm-hmm. it wants to really push your expectations, your your understanding of things. It just is like, it just plays on the line so beautifully in every single episode. And Mm -hmm. I just am always going to respect it for that, no matter matter what, I think, with this show. Um, It's still very funny. And the further I got into the season, the more I found myself laughing as well as I Mm. sort of got back into rhythm with the show. It's extremely strange at times and completely unique. Um, I compared it last season to like Louis and Master of None. And it does, I still feel like it's in the same sort of genre, I guess, where it's constantly playing with styles and ideas and it's it can be just a straight up, here's just our three or four main characters at a party and they have all these little mini adventures or it can be something completely different, even playing with like genre or imagery. Like there's one episode that's completely in black and white this episode, which is, you know, something I'm pretty sure both Louis and Master of None did at different times. Um the it's still got that sort of adventure topic of the week structure. There's very little continuity for one episode to the other unless you're playing very close attention or it really, you know, you really have to be clued in to see what is continuing from one episode to another. Um, but what is there, I think, is pretty evocative. Evocative, that was what I was looking for earlier. Um, and you said again, that. You, you I came did. to good, that good, word. Good, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad I got there eventually. Um, it is there running through the season and you can... I, I kind of feel like, from what I remember about season two, there is sort of a middle section missing here, particularly mm. for Urn. I remember in mm-hmm. season two in particular, there was one whole episode particularly about Urn still being broke. And we're just mm. in a very different place where these characters are at in their career by this point in season three that maybe didn't quite get explored as much as I expected it to. Maybe that's something that will come up in season four still, but there's... They're, they're living a higher version of their lives than they were in the first two seasons of Atlanta, I would say. Um, more than ever, though, I was surprised by what I was getting from the show, which is pretty uh, startling because it was already a very surprising um, and hard-to-predict show. But I-, I would start an episode and I'm like, 
who the fuck knows where we're going to be <laughs> this episode? And often I'd be like, yeah. didn't think we were going to be here, but no. okay, let's go along here for we the are. ride. Yeah. And, and more than ever, I, I think I'm just, I'm just so happy this show exists. Mm-hmm. I think it is, um, it is a fresh, unique voice that I'm sure is not everyone's cup of tea. And I'm not even sure that I necessarily understand it on every level that they oh, are trying to I think to I understand it. it on half a level, you know, but, like, but that's and yet it's I still not feel detrimental like, to the experience. Though. Totally. I'm still entertained and I'm yes. still, I think, educated to some degree mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. like have a better, I, I think what this show does that is really great is it helps me to understand a perspective or a feeling a bit better, yes. not necessarily the nuances of, you know, the life mm-hmm. of, a, of a black American, but maybe just the feeling of what it feels like a little bit. I'm not going to pretend that I, I know that experience, but maybe I, what it's doing so powerfully is helping me to understand that mm. what that position feels like a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and what's also so rare, I think, um, is that, you know, there a lot of the discussions happening in the show are about race. Yeah. Um, but it's never didactic. It's it's not trying to moralize from a mm. place of um I don't know, righteousness or whatever it might be. Um and that's also if a show is doing that can also be really effective. But this one is playing with the ideas to play with them. Yeah. It often takes talk about an idea or, a, or like a topic or discussion point mm. around race to like an extreme. And then it's just like, let's just sit in this for a, th- for a second. Let's think about if we take this to a particular place, mm-hmm. what does that feel like? We're not necessarily yeah. coming to a particular judgment. We're not necessarily trying mm-hmm. to say what is right or what is wrong. Let's just like go there and mm-hmm. sit in it for a while and just feel what that is like. Yes. And it's it's pretty Which bold is, and brave thing to it's do. It's a very rare experience. Yeah. Um in particularly in television. Mm. Um so I for that I, ca- I really can't give it enough credit because it yeah. is an experience that is unlike anything else on television. At least that we're watching, if that, that makes that, sense. That's I don't true, want to pretend that there's nothing else out there. But certainly for us, it's it's a very unique and yeah. um, I, will, I will always appreciate it for that mm. reason. What would you score this out of five stars, Damask? And if you can remember, do, do you have any sort of sense of how you'd rank this? In I don't think I can right now because it's been so long since I've seen... Yeah, I think it'd be unfair for me to... I mean, I guess the score ranks it. Just by being a number, but um, I think I I am going to give it a four. Like it's yeah. really really good, <laughs> and there's just, just no denying that it's um expertly made and mm-hmm. so has such a unique voice to it. Um, that even though it's not giving me the experience that I have come to want out of television, it is giving me an experience that I. I don't. I I trust what they're doing, mm-hmm. and the storytelling is always satisfying on some level. Even if that level is just, huh? I I don't know how I got here, but I have never had these thoughts before, sure. or being con- confronted with these thoughts before. Um, yeah, while it's being entertained, be while, while being, being entertained, entertained yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm also going to give it a four. 
um, which puts it on par basically with my, with what I thought about the first two seasons. I think that works perfectly. It, mm-hmm. it 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 probably is evolving, improving in some ways, just different in other ways. But overall, I think it's just consistently excellent. And it's funny. I remember we were talking about BoJack Horseman. We never gave a single season of BoJack a five, but we sort of mm. you know came to that conclusion that it is. If you put it all together and sort of look at what it all adds up to, it kind of is a masterful show in its own way. And I kind yes. of feel like that's the direction that Atlanta is heading. Where I might get to the end of season four. We know there's only one season to go. I mm. really respect that. The creators are like, this is as much as we're going to do and we want to move on to other things. Um, that I might never give the show more than four stars and still think it's like a masterful five-star yes, five show star that show. everyone yeah. should be watching. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we do reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. All right, we'd also love you to share Hunting Seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about the latest show they've watched. Shove this in their face and it'll make them super happy. That's a money-back guarantee. Next episode, which should be in a couple of weeks, we'll be back with our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to say Season 1. It's meant to be standalone. There are rumours there might be a Season 2. So we'll say Season 1. If you would like to contribute to our discussion of Obi-Wan, if you have any thoughts on Atlanta, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Atlanta Season 3. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Now, previously when we've done Atlanta and shows like um, Louie and Master of None, we've sort of gone episode by episode to discuss Mm -hmm. it, which I think would still be the best way to do this. But I I did want to just offer up, you were sort of talking about, and we were trying to be vague about um, the disconnect you sort of had with the season a little bit this year. Was it just simply you think because there were four episodes that didn't involve our main characters? Or do you feel like there's something about the way just like the lack of storylines or, or fo- you know, follow through with those characters and what they're going through through the season that didn't hit? Was there anything specifically that wasn't working for you? Um, 
I don't want to say that it wasn't working for me because everything was working. Sure. Um, so that that's not the issue. I think it's just simply, I mean, you know, we see very little of Van. Um, mm. and we only get, you know, we get somewhere by the by that final episode. Yeah, I was hoping all season is- for a Van episode. So when the last <laughs> one came, I was like, thank God for that. Yes. Um, and yeah, like obviously, Ern is around. Yeah. But I also don't really know what's going on with him either. And we don't get a resolution there. Um, I think Paperboy is the one that we have the most access to emotionally, which was great. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just simply because I didn't have access to Van and Ern's internal life, I guess until Van's obviously the final episode, but otherwise it just, it wasn't there. Um, and you know, I was still enjoying the the little adventures for what they were and those, you know, one-off episodes and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that really is the reason. Yeah. I couldn't hang out with the people I'd come to know. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, Paperboy, we get plenty of time with. Van gets that episode at the end of the season that sort of helps us to understand what had been happening with her in the background. Ern, mm. I'm trying to think if he had a real feature episode. He sort of was a B-plot, maybe an A-plot even, but, you know, in a... In a Episodes that would have B and C plots as well. So it's mm. like he'd have to share a lot of screen time. And the main overriding thing for Ern this season was sort of the business. Um, mm-hmm. Him as a manager, who seemed to be very capable at doing what he was doing, but then also involved with like discussing like the complexities or maybe the environment of being a black man in the business and what he should or shouldn't be doing to further, like, help his community, if that makes sense. Like, there's the one mm. episode where they're at the party and he finds that artist that's obviously scamming this millionaire out yes. of his money yep. and, like, choosing to, like, get in on that scam by the end of that season. And then later in the season, he does that bit where that woman comes in accusing Van of um, stealing the wig and then he mm. uses it as an opportunity to get a free night at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, like, the biggest thing he was doing this season was just, like, taking those opportunities, I guess, to further himself financially, which didn't feel necessarily specifically... I know he was obviously worried about Van. He didn't know what the fuck was going on with her. Yeah. And that was kind of most of Earn, I thought, this season. Am I missing something? Uh, no, I don't think you are missing something. I am curious, I suppose, when we come to season four, mm. because obviously we have had those moments of... Um, Earn kind of seeing potential <clears throat> and leaping at it. Um, so he's obviously got that mindset. And then we have um, that moment where Paperboy asks him who has the masters. Yeah. And he, you know, kind of quickly but mm, suspiciously in my mind tells him that Paperboy does. Um, I don't believe him. Yeah, it's th- that's that is like the big question, right? Is yeah. was he telling the truth or not? Because whether Ern was telling the truth or not completely changes what that episode is about. Yes, it's either about Al, his internal self mm-hmm. realizing, you know, maybe he's been ignoring it or trying to put it to the side or whatever, but maybe realizing he can't trust Ern and the his, you know, who is a cousin of his who is. Mm-hmm meant to be helping him or 
it's about a side of Alfred that is makes him untrustworthy, cynical, and actually Ern is looking out for him because everything else in that scene really suggests that Ern, he's, you know, he was found him on the street, he got him back to his apartment, he was there in the room when he woke up, he had all these things ready for him, he was going mm-hmm. to te- you know, text me if you need me, I'll be back in the hour to check on you. There are so many things there that suggest that was it Loretta? Was that the name of the of his mum? Lorraine. Or, or Lorraine. Something? It might have been yeah. Lorraine. Lorraine, who apparently is like a vision of Paperboy's mum, mm. was like maybe an influence on Alfred's lack of trust, or mm-hmm. or this this cynical side of him that maybe he shouldn't have that he should trust to earn, but he's got this like background like thing in his subconscious that is stopping him, and that's the. That's the question, and there is yeah. we don't know yet. I just yeah, I keep going back to the thing that Lorraine is saying is like you know, you know, rappers, you're all like covered in like designers and like mm-hmm. got gold chains and like all that stuff, but none of you know where your money is, and that's something you should really, really know. And then we also have that conversation he has in the white fashion episode um, with that guy who's been working in like social justice, and he's like. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, you have, it's a business and you can never, if, you know, people or a person is coming to you from that point, that point of view of making money, mm-hmm. you have to really always remember that. Um, and this season we've seen earn the businessman. Totally. Um, that is who he has transformed himself into. And so to have that moment of, who's got my masters. It just made me go, mm, is that something that like, is that going to be Ern's thing next season that we've, this is his kind of almost final form, which sure. is, yeah, this, this betrayer of Paperboy. I don't know. I think it's quite possible. I just, it's also interesting, I guess, uh, to think of it the other way, Lorraine's thing about like, you know, family is the last person you should trust. Well, that includes her. You know what I mean? Like, yes. That's I true. don't think, mm. I'm not sure we really know. I'm trying to remember there was a flashback episode last season to when they were younger. Do we really understand? I don't, I can't remember Alfred's relationship to his mum. Mm-hmm. I really can't remember. That's either. the thing I don't know. Yeah. And if that's an insidious influence or it was a positive influence, maybe this whole discussion about rappers has had a lot to do with, you know, she never believed in him as a rapper. I Like, that's the thing. I just, I'm not, it's not crystal clear. I think the reading would be, the smart reading would be that Ern was lying, mm. <laughs> especially because there was that delay and that hesitation, but it's not rock solid. And so I am fascinated to see, particularly yes, where that point too. goes in season, season four. Mm. Uh, okay, let's start with episode one. We'll go through this fairly quickly, I think. Three slaps. Yep. Mm. Uh, this is the first of our anthology episodes. A young kid winds up in a foster ca- in foster care and discovers the horrors of living with a lesbian farmer's market couple. <laughs> or, as the official synopsis read, wow, it's been a minute. I mean, I like this episode about the troubled kid, but we waited 50 years for this. I don't know if you've ever read these, but the official episode recaps are fucking hilarious. I don't oh, know who they're written really? by. Yeah. They're all have, really strange. I didn't know that, yeah. I'm going to read them for every episode as we get to them. Great. Um, awesome. Quite a startling like way to start the season. Just the the two guys fishing on the boat in the lake and telling yeah. the story about like the this black community that had been flooded, mm-hmm. um, the ghosts that might be under mm-hmm. there, and then to wake up, the kid wakes up in 
his classroom having had this dream, which then by the yeah. end of the episode, Ern wakes up having had the dream about the kid. It was like, yeah, like, I was, it was like, inception. Dreams within dreams. Yep. Um, it, it was interesting because I really delayed watching Atlanta. I just felt like I wasn't in the mood for it because I knew yeah. it was going to like make me use my brain and I didn't want to do that. Um, but then, you know, I started the episode and just that scene on the lake, I was like, ooh, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, so immediately I was like, yeah, it's just so wonderfully crafted. Yeah. Um, I, I was mesmerized just by that first scene. And then obviously as the story progresses, because I had read about this true case of uh-huh. these two lesbian um, adoptive parents who took in black kids and you know, starve them and abuse them um, because they got attention for it. it was, it's not Munchausen, but that kind of thing of like yeah. the social value of, you know, the white saviour being so, you know, so selfless to take in these poor black children when really what was happening was so horrific. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, well, we're, we're going here. Okay. Um, it was a strong episode, but... I did. I was a little disorientated by it. It was apparently they released the first two episodes on the same day, which right, I understand okay. why yeah. because I think a lot uh-huh. of people if they had a week between, they would have gone like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So probably smart to have follow up that same day with a like yes. core cast episode. So that was yeah. smart on their part. Because yeah, not what I was expecting. Not what. Oh. Not the anchor I was expecting to get to come back to a show four years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, um, was the. I'm going to say the more evil the um, more lesbian. Evil. I mean, they're both evil. Um, we're all evil. What can I say? Um, the more evil lesbian. She was from, what was that show that it was? Not, uh, not giving me a lot to work with here. Oh, the Love Lovecraft show? Oh, uh, was she in, uh, yeah, Lovecraft Country? Yeah, she was kind of the woman that, the white woman that the lounge singer turned into. You know, and she was walking around being sure. white and then she spoilers for Lovecraft yeah, Country. Maybe. It's been a minute since we like, watched that as well. I th- I'm pretty right. sure it was her. She's recognisable. I, sure I kept her. thinking, have I seen her in Orange is the New Black or something? Maybe she reminded me of Tara <laughs> Manning a little bit or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that woman. Anyway, you're probably like, oh, right. she's in this. You're probably right. There were a lot of moments in this. I, I was not aware of this true story case, but it felt like it was based on something, you yeah. know, real to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um. Did the real-life version have the happy ending where the kids got away and the... What do you reckon, bro? Yeah, probably not. No. Um, so, you know, doing a Quentin Tarantino and changing history, I do like that. Mm-hmm. That's good mm-hmm. space for it to be. There were a lot of great moments in this episode, I thought, as well. The um, the <laughs> wanting to get online and give Rihanna hell for saying spirit animal. Um, <laughs> there is a, there is a yeah. lot, actually, a lot of criticism this season, I think. Or maybe criticism's not the right word. A lot of attention on, like, woke white people who are mm-hmm. trying to, like, to be uh, allies or whatever and, like, really overdoing it. Because that, that, there's that mm-hmm. theme here with, uh, yeah, the Rihanna spirit animal thing. And then there was the same thing happening to Darius when he, he was having that conversation with that woman and she was talking about, like, how black men love her. And then oh Socks gosh. comes up and is like, oh that was goodness. fucked, man. And then the whole crowd get the around him. And, and, and she ends up getting, like, the guy breaks up with her and she's crying on the street on the side. Like, yeah. a lot of that, 
A lot of talk about that specific side of things I thought was very interesting It's throughout the whole season. Um, and then the opposite too, like just straight up racism with blackface and stuff like that, really yes. going to the yes, extremes. Yes. Um, I love the bit where they're at the farmer's market and they're wearing the... F- the, the main kid is wearing the uh, free hug sign. The guy's like, oh, is hugs your hugs father? Your, that Fuck. I laughed out loud. I, I was know. like, that's so fucked. That's oh, so my fucked. God. That's so yeah, yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> the bit we're in the back of the van and they're like doing the – the kids are doing the facial expressions at each other, but mm-hmm. that comes up with the subtitles. Yes. These white women are going to kill us. Yeah. Um, and then the line is they're sort of driving – I think, to their doom. And they're just like, why didn't anyone stop us, Gail? It's like, yeah, that's a good question. Why didn't Mm -hmm. anyone stop Mm -hmm. them? Uh, And then finishing at the lake that we started at was really interesting as well. Yes. Uh, Yeah, confronting, dark. Um, I love the ending also where the kid walks back to home and like his mum's like, oh, you're back. And then just sits down, turns the TV off. It was like, uh, maybe it can be a bit worse than than where I was at before. Yes, certainly. And just the the comfort of... Mum's spaghetti in the, in the fridge after having microwave chicken. Oh, my. That was, <sighs> yeah, that was stomach churning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode two, Sinterklaas is coming to town. Um, the official synopsis was, I think everybody knows blackface ain't cool anymore. We get it. They'd be trying too hard to go viral. <laughs> It's like written from the perspective of someone watching the show. Like, a, a viewer. it's so weird. I do love it. Um, I, I sort of like a, a, a few different little stories happening in this one. A nice sort of regrounding of you know our characters, reminding yeah. us that they're in Europe, they're in Amsterdam mm-hmm. this time. Amsterdam is weird. Is a big part of this. Have you ever been? I've never been. I have been to Amsterdam a couple of times actually, yeah. um, and things like the Amsterdam jail cell. That paperboy is in, where he's got that the made me laugh so incredible much. like menu. Is able to yeah. ask for specifically cube, not crushed ice. Um, the bit where he's like they bailed him out. It's like I just I'm gonna stick around for a while. Go I think I was sleep. watching the, the nightlight comes on. So he's going to sleep. Like, I think you know. I was watching. Um, it was like Four Quarters or something, which is like a um a news program in Australia that's you know. Known for its journalistic integrity and stuff. It's not like a current affair. Not or like anything. 60 Minutes. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, but I think they were doing a story about prisons in, it was some kind of Scandinavian country. Mm-hmm. And they were so nice, so amazing. Um, and because of the resources given to uh, prisoners, their kind of reoffending rate was incredibly low because they, you know, had a safe place to be, amazing educational programs, mm. setting them up for their future and stuff. So when I saw that um, jail cell, I was like, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, I wonder how much of this episode was accurate. The the reveal of this like blackface culture within Amsterdam. Yes. Don't know how true that is or not. Oh, that that's true. That's true. Is it that I've, character? I've or? heard stories. Yeah, that character does exist, uh-huh. and I loved the um when they asked about it, and the guy was like, "Oh, his um face is black because he goes down the chimney," and they both go, "All right, you know, I guess I can sure. get behind a rebrand," <laughs> like, which which it is like that is not the origin of yeah. that character, yeah. Um, and then just the build up to the point where Paperboy goes out and sees the crowd, and everyone is in blackface. Um, Jeez. it's like not doing that show, and then. 
I, I think I, I love the poetic irony end of this episode. In a lot of ways, this, this is weirdly the slightest episode. It's not necessarily got like the deepest dive on our characters. It's kind of just yeah. like this is the quirky racist bullshit that exists in Europe as opposed to in America. Mm. But the um, the bit where the guy's like, I'm going to destroy you to Earn when Earn says the concert's over mm-hmm. and then Earn runs mm-hmm. away. And then Earn gets away because he ends up beating up on a, <laughs> a guy in blackface. Because like, every he runs into a crowd of white people in blackface and gets yeah. lost in gets the crowd. Lost, it's amazing. Finds someone else he thinks is Earn and then beats up on him. So it's like both Earn gets away and is kind of saved by blackface in a weird way and someone in blackface <laughs> gets beaten yeah. the shit out of them. It's like kind of a win-win huh. here. Okay. This, is, All right. this is a good result. <laughs> I love the, yeah, the, the irony of that was just very funny. And then the other storyline that was going on was with Darius and um, and Van and they end up going to this Possibly the death of Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> Some sort of euthanasia thing that was going on. Oh my gosh, on. it was in that, that scene. Was... In that scene <laughs> when um Van goes up, they're like, you know, who wants to you know say goodbye to him next to the bed as everyone else watches. And I was looking, you know, in the shop you can see Van in the bed and stuff and the kind of veil um, above the bed. And I was like, huh, that's a really interesting structure. And just as I thought that, it just comes down on his head and suffocates this man to death. It was, I laughed out loud at how shocking it was. And Van's just like, oh my God. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh my God. That might have been a little too soon for my mum and I who were watching it at the time. Oh, after shit, we got through. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit strange. Also, just like the whole idea of saying goodbye to somebody who's dying yeah. and stuff. But then I, I had to laugh with what the end of it was. I don't I think mum was on the same wavelength as me. She was fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, yeah, I'm laughing at this. But I can see maybe, maybe you're not. But the, it was also the build up. Like she's there and she's saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then the it's, just, it's like, it was like a uh, basketball stadium, like horn. It was like, eh, yeah. eh, eh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was incredible. Mm. It's, it's those things too. It's just like. The shocking shit that comes out of this show. You're just like, I don't know how they thought of it, but amazing. And probably yeah. based on something real. I don't know. Yeah, at this stage, who knows? It <laughs> who really knows? could be. Uh, episode three, The Old Man in the Tree. Uh, this one was cool. Going to rich parties and meeting weirdos. Season one was better, was the official synopsis. <laughs> um. I, I I wasn't I didn't take a lot of notes for this episode. Sort of like ep- the previous one, it was a lot of little stories for different characters. Ern mm-hmm. um, was Ern ended up finding this artist that he wanted to be introduced to, learning about this scam that was going on where this guy was just writing this dumb millionaire who had way too much billionaire with way too much money for all he was worth, and then him sort of grappling with like how moral that was, mm. um, but also supporting another black artist essentially yeah. and then he sees that photo of um obviously this guy his family history is starting i don't know some kind of bank that's right and in the background he sees um what looks to be uh, a slave behind him and at that point i just being like actually yeah let's take that money mm-hmm. um then we had paperboy <laughs> paperboy followed the guy saw his tree went and played poker and then couldn't get his money back, basically. Did that resolve? I can't even remember how that ended. Um, well, it resolves in the sense that Paperboy damages the tree and then steals and takes, a heap of takes Nando's. takes a bunch of shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The Nando's, actually, the Nando's was really great. I love the way they incorporate that. And it was like, 
A was like off camera saying, they have a Nando's? And I was like, oh, it's mm. funny, not joke. And then the yeah. Nando's sign was in the reflection. And then you see it. And then yeah. it was there. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, just keep building towards that reveal. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Van was also involved in this episode and just doing her own thing. I love the mm. bit where she was just like pushing people into the pool. Just and the, like, and then the second one who just started drowning, yeah. <laughs> just could not, yeah. was fully in swim gear, um, gets pushed into the pool, and then just cannot swim. Yeah, I think that's you know, obviously when Van arrives, we know something is up with her. There's something off about her, and then th- in that episode, I'm like, oh, something is really, really off about Van. The yeah. fact that she's like. Just has no care for other other people. Like the first mm. person she pushes into the pool is just like a waiter, like a service person. Right. And I was yeah. just like, oh, okay, something's really altered in Van. I can't wait to find out what's going on. Did you have any inkling as to what was going on with her? Come like at that stage, episode three, mm. you're seeing this. Are you are you reflecting back on what you remember from season two and season one? Because the main things I remember were her losing her job yes, as a I teacher that. Yeah. when she confessed to have taking because she was trying to avoid a drug test yeah. and then confessed to it and then got fired when she should have just done the drug test they weren't going to test it anyway basically yeah um which is pretty fucked up and I, there wasn't a lot more that i could remember from that no i i figured it was probably just something as simple as you know depression yeah um but that that was my assumption at that point yeah um shall we move on Yes. Episode four, The Big Payback. This was the second anthology episode. Mm-hmm. Office worker's world is turned upside down when he learns his past ancestors were slave owners. Uh, the quote, the official uh, logline was, I was legit scared watching this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So this is an interesting one. The idea of like reparations and stuff this is not the first time we've seen this when we've been watching stuff. This was a big discussion point in Watchmen, the, the HBO mm. Watchmen series. Yeah. Was sort of this background idea of like reparations for um, black people. Though in that situation, I think the government was paying it. It wasn't this idea you could sue someone so, yeah. on behalf of their ancestors, essentially, and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, take money from that. How, what did you think of this episode as a concept, as a story, as an exploration? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, I guess, short story. Yeah. Um, as, as it was happening, I was waiting for, um, I guess, the chat or the, like, the conversation about Is this good? Um, is this bad? What is this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was waiting for that. I was like, that, I was really stressed in this episode, um, where, particularly when uh, the woman goes into his house and then they're all waiting at the front of his house. I'm like, mm. this is really, really stressful. Um, but then you go, well, I mean, I I was like, well, it make it makes sense. Like I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea. Um, and then, but it's just really solidified with that final conversation that they have in the hotel with the guy who shoots himself. The guy named Ernest. Yes. Who then who shows is up. the guy from the boat at the beginning. Who's the guy from the boat. And also, yeah. did you watch the post credits or the mid credits? I did, scene? yeah. And he gets his bag. And that, and he's, Ernest goes back at the end as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that conversation was really was great, right? Yes. And on, on face value, that conversation is like, okay, maybe that is mm-hmm. the chat. But then he goes and blows his brains out. Yes. And it's like, okay, 
Now that chat's going to different context. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like the conversation falls. I mean, it's so wonderfully written and performed, um, but it's a little bit more, yeah, as I said before, like didactic than what you would expect from the show. And it sure. almost was like so um, calming to my nerves that made me go, huh, that's unlike this show. And then, yes, he goes and kills himself um, or, yeah successfully suicides. So at that point I was like, okay, that it's still Atlanta. It still leaves yeah. me going, oh boy. I think I, I also really appreciate the last, like the one year later bit, which is them mm-hmm. he's starting the, doing this job as a waiter. He yeah. has to go and talk to the thing. They're all paying this, you know, tax essentially mm-hmm. that's helping to, um, you know, pay back their debt or whatever. And like our hex fees. Yep. Yeah. But then the, the final shot of like, all these the black people sitting down to eat in this fine dining restaurant yes. and all the waiters being white. And I think that to me was the best mm-hmm. takeaway in terms of like, let's examine that for a second. What's the problem here? Yeah. If there is a problem here, then surely you have to reflect that that's a, that's a problem yes. where it's flipped as well. And that exactly. was the bit I loved the most. Yes. Because it's like, if you if this is where things would head, why is mm-hmm. this a problem? And if this is a problem, then you need to un- also Why isn't it admit- a problem for them? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That yes. to me was like the image that mm-hmm. summed up what that was about. It was a real was chef's about. kiss moment. It You're was. Like, it, was yes. it was perfection. Like the cherry on top that really like yeah. sold that whole idea to me. Mm-hmm. And why? Because before that kind of was just like a watch this unfold. How far does this go? And that yes. last bit really was like, mm, that is very, very, very interesting. Mm. Way too it, it sort was of an sum amazing, up this idea. Yeah. Amazing. It felt like I was reading a short story. I was yeah. like, this is good and complete. And the more complete I think thought. The more I think about, the more I shouldn't be surprised this show can sort of does these twilight zony things. Like it's yes. that's always been the DNA of the show. Mm-hmm. Um but like leaning into that more this season than ever before, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is really not that shocking. Um anyway. Happy to move on or anything else you want to say about the episode? Yeah, I'm happy to move on. Episode five, Cancer Attack. Mm-hmm. Quote from the uh, official log line: Sometimes shows just be over my head, acting fake deep. Where's the poop <laughs> jokes? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The first thing I was shocked by. <laughs> I really like that one. The, the the first thing I was shocked by in this episode was that socks was still around. Mm, I was like, "What yeah. the fuck is socks still here?" Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. socks. Um. Uh. It, there was a few things also going on. Little like the discussion when Al's sitting in the the green room before the concert, and he's trying to talk to Ern and asking how Ern's going. And it's like mm. a little bit surprised at having that conversation. Like, yeah, I'm good, you know, I'm good. How are you? And then Ern's just obviously really wrapped up in the business, and Al's feeling an obvious like disconnect at the moment. Maybe he's just a little bit lonely. He is. His job is sort of just to be himself and then perform for a couple of hours and like mm. sign a few autographs and whatever. And um. I don't know whether he's necessarily even his discussion with the guy um, that he they think stole his phone um, talks about how you know he's not even sure how much he loves rapping anymore and he's sort mm-hmm. of just like feeling a bit as you said lost. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it really cemented how sad that scene is with Ern when he's trying to have a normal conversation but it's so stilted and just clearly the relationship isn't what it used to be 
in terms of like how isolated he feels and then to and clearly under a lot of stress and questioning himself Mm -hmm. about the fact that he's got writer's block and Mm. he doesn't even know what's good anymore he feels lost in that sense as well and then to have a moment with a, a stranger and be like look this is where I'm at and I need you to help me because there's no reason why he couldn't or shouldn't have that conversation with Ern other than clearly what we haven't seen, which is the fact that this relationship has completely altered into manager and artist. Yep. Um, did you like, I really like the performance. Was it Wiley? Was that the name of the guy, the kid they thought it was? I can't remember. I really liked his performance. I thought he was amazing. I was like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> Very, I feel like I've seen something before as well, but I couldn't place it. I'll have to look it up later. But the, just so strange, so mm-hmm. almost like menacing, but not quite. This kid just might be lonely and weird. The bit where he, he plays creeped that- me out. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, but if he is a kid, <laughs> then like maybe he's just a weird kid. But then like you know the conversation we have with his quote unquote uncle, though, who even <laughs> knows it, he might just be some random off the street. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, about his age and and being like, isn't it weird that he has both said he's 16 and 32 or whatever it was. He's like, that's that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. But then that, like, that song he played at the end was mm. actually really good and quite beautiful and was like, I don't know what to think about this at the moment. <laughs> did, you, did you feel anything for like the, the reveal that Sox had stole the phone? I sort of thought that might have been the case, although mm. this guy knew so much about Paperboy that I... Well, like, yeah, that was, was the like, thing. How, like, does, how could he how not did have stole he, the phone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like they were finding what they wanted or Paperboy was finding what he wanted out of that conversation. Um, But really this guy was just saying random stuff or is there a supernatural element? With this show, you legitimately don't know. Um, In terms of the reveal of Socks, I I assumed it was going to come back later in terms of they've let um, the snake in Mm -hmm. or the fox into the hen house and this dangerous element that was going to break their trust, maybe further degrade their relationships, whatever it might be. I thought it was going to be something else other than this guy is a loose cannon and can't be trusted in this one moment. And then he never comes back. Like he was, He's been in two episodes. He doesn't return for the rest of the yeah. season, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much. Again, this show can just sort of do what it's loosey-goosey with the rules. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have any expectations. But when he shows up second time and he does this thing, it's like, I, well, is this going somewhere else? It might mm-hmm. just be also just meant to be a bit of a like crossroads moment. Like, let's say Paperboy did get that phone back, did was able to regain mm. that spark of inspiration, was able to sort of reignite his passion for rap. Maybe whatever comes after this wouldn't happen if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of like this was the last point that we could avoid whatever happens in season four, basically. If he's just done, if this causes tension between him and Earn, Earn needs to keep making a buck because that's what he's used to doing. Paperboy's done with rapping, whatever it might be. Um, this could have been the moment that that def- that made that inevitable. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, was there any other thing? Was oh, Darius's whole thing in the episode was just like we should be Going on this, he wanted to go on an tour. adventure and <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. allowed to. Yeah, I did. I really liked, enjoyed that a little bit. Just that con- he was just constantly being told no the entire episode, and, and there was no payoff. I loved it. Great. Uh, episode six, white fashion. Again, the official log line. I've definitely seen this before in a better show. They're always stealing ideas, but the fashion industry got to be exposed. Hashtag streetwear. Um, 
what did you make of this episode? Paperboy gets uh, recruited into mm-hmm. a diversity council or something like that for this. Yeah. The, the, the opening, the cold open of them doing mm. the Central Park five, Park 5 shirt. It took me Just, way too long to get it, by oh, the way. Oh, did it really? Even when the guy was saying it and then they had... <laughs> The image of that person lying down, the woman in the park lying down with Central Park 5 on her back. Even then I didn't get it, bro, until Paperboy comes in and they're like, oh, thank you so much for, you know, joining us and, like, you know, we're apologising to the community. And then I had to think, I'm like, oh, no, Central Park 5. Like, it it, took me way too long. Do you know what just hit me? Do you know what What? just hit me? Was it a raccoon as well, the animal that was on the front? Oh my gosh, it was. It just hit me that that's what that was too. And like oh why that's <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, that, that's um just hit me. But because yeah. I got I got the back. The back I was yeah. I was like, okay, I see what the problem is here. I laughed out loud <laughs> at that mm-hmm. reveal. Jesus, that just hit me. Um so yes, Paperboy is recruited to be like on the diversity hire for this yeah. uh organization. This is their way of trying to make amends. We spent a lot of time in this like uh, meeting he's having to try and think of some way to, you know, make societal change. Um, and then basically finds out, A, that a lot of people are just using this industry to just get a leg up themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, B, these people, uh, that that discussion you're having about how the business is never going to do anything that would fund its own demise. Yes. And then yep. realistically, the best thing that you can do is try and get them to fund something that you do actually have control mm-hmm. over. I thought it was pretty intelligent and and insightful as to Totally. Because, you know, in those meetings that Paperboy has with the um, the people who work uh, in, you know, social reform, social, social justice, all that stuff, they're almost like villainous like mm. in terms of mm-hmm. um how cavalier they are that their ideas seem pretty surface level all mm. that stuff they all just want black panther 2 premiere tickets <laughs> yeah um and then realizing they're selling things that are palatable in order to receive particularly that one guy who mm-hmm. ends up having the conversation with Paperboy, um, making things that are palatable to those with money in order to take that money um, and funnel it back into their communities or whatever um, issue or cause that they want to be fighting for. So that was a nice little flip at the end. I thought that the guy um, who makes that, I'm going to say, hilarious and terrible ad (laughs) Of give back to your hood. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was like, I was in shock, but I was definitely laughing um, throughout that. This show is just very funny. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that he wasn't simply just like a bit of a skis, a bit of a a con artist. He he understood the system, and while it's complicated, um, he did have a, a genuine purpose for why he was doing the things he was doing it was also one of the only times that like because as i said it comes up a lot this season sort of like really pointing a finger at like woke divism and stuff like this mm-hmm. this is another example of that particularly when they're all sitting around that table to at least apply some sort of like well what's the best case scenario here what can be achieved at, through this sort of what a lot of it is just like saving face from these big companies what mm. can 
somebody with a vested interest in improving black lives do. Uh, I thought that was a very practical sort of mm-hmm. way of thinking about it. The um, I think this is the episode also where Earn comes across Van for the first time in a while as well. And like she's been accused of stealing the wig and then they end up going, getting the free room yes, and going back that's right. to the mm-hmm. room. Um, it just occurred to me as well, I'd forgotten. Was that um, the Emily wig in the bag? Um, the the Emily wig was in the yes. But also, I think it was episode two. Did she end up going to bed with Darius? Was that the implication? Um, I did wonder that, but the fact that we didn't see it, I don't think so. I think because we hear later that she hasn't been sleeping, um, mm. I think because he's like, why are you getting ice at 2am? I think it was just that, the sure. fact that she wasn't able to sleep. And, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, either way, they have a romantic or a sexual hookup of some sort that night and then she's mm-hmm. gone the next day. Continues that sort of like what the fuck's up with Van and also... Really not a lot else going on for Earn at that point. Just sort of like, mm. what fucks up with Van? Um, and then the other storyline here is Darius takes this woman to a oh Nigerian restaurant, yeah, introduces her to this food, and then she co-ops the idea, basically runs the mm. other business, the legitimate Nigerian restaurant out of business, and then creates a fucking franchise out of it. That was just horrific in completely, yes, like real context, and made me feel guilty. Like that, that white guilt really started to come through a little bit at that point. Yep. Yeah, that 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 stung. <laughs> yeah, that one hurt. That, that I was like, oh boy. Yep. Um, there were some great lines in this episode as well. The the uh, reporter at the press conference after this is racism over. I loved that. <laughs> and then um, one fuck paperboy's, no, obviously. <laughs> paperboy's <laughs> response made me laugh. And then the other guy who's like, oh, it was like four or five years. No, like, but we, but we, we believe that by 2024, racism right. will be over. <laughs> Everyone claps. <laughs> the, I did enjoy that. The guy, one of the guys around that uh, the meeting that we're having, at the other end, the paperboy is not sure is black, is actually black. He calls yes. him black adjacent. I thought it was a great <laughs> line. Um, and then also when we go to the food truck and she says to Darry, because Darry's asked to have to pay for this. She's like, no, no. And your money's no good here. Card only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. Uh, episode seven, Trini to the Bone. Uh, this is the third anthology episode. That's how it's written, by the way. That wasn't me putting on an accent. That was written. It, with- I know. I can, I'm looking at the, Good. the titles myself. <laughs> Not putting on. You better believe I would have said something if it wasn't. <laughs> well, our listeners know too. Yeah. Uh, after the death of their nanny, Sylvia, a family, uh, nanny Sylvia, sorry, a family is introduced to a different cultural experience in saying goodbye at her funeral. The official logline was white people watching this be like pain. Um, <laughs> oh. I yeah, I thought that was interesting means. too. What did you think of this episode? Um, <laughs> pain. No. Um, <laughs> um, I really liked this episode. I did too. I think I was expecting the white people to be something. I was expecting, um, is it Sylvia or Sylvia? Sylvia, I believe. Sylvia's family to be something or to have a certain reaction towards these white people. Um, I think no one was 
a black and white villain like I was expecting it to be, mm-hmm. though I shouldn't have expected that because we're watching Atlanta. Um, the the boy was so cute and his love was so genuine mm-hmm. that it warmed my heart, but it didn't – while that relationship is wonderful, um, it didn't gloss over the harm mm-hmm. um, that – is caused by both Sylvia having to be away from her family, mm-hmm. but also um, the economic privilege that allows um, families like that rich white family to almost abandon their own children in a way mm-hmm. um, to be raised by someone else. So it was, you know, as per usual, complicated, but I was fully invested in that story. I It was... Like the end of the episode, the, the, the takeaway, uh, my note was just sim- simply, it was a great episode that, again, wasn't specifically judgmental in any particular direction, mm. was just really looking at the complexities of this very real thing that happens, mm-hmm. both the positive aspects and the ob- obvious negative aspects that come with this. And it was just, there was just so, it was so dense with ideas it was just so much to unpack in it. Mm-hmm. You could watch it a, a, a multiple times, I think, and sort of come away with different thoughts, perspectives. I don't know that I un- fully have a specific thought that comes away from this. I think I just enjoyed like examining that situation, mm-hmm. what it meant for the kid, what it meant for his parents, what it meant for Sylvia and her family, mm-hmm. what it meant... I guess I guess the judgmental thing should be like there's almost like this they're almost impressed with how worldly this kid has become because he's been exposed to different ideas but like is that's just white privilege on its own it's like I don't know it, it's very very yeah and there, you know there was a, a sense of the complication of um, having your child raised by someone who comes from a different culture mm-hmm. um, and perhaps being slightly uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. um, but then also the expectation that when you have someone coming in to raise your children for them to remove their identity when they're in your house is an insane expectation to have um, so that was interesting what was your feelings other than the obvious this is just a stupid joke of the adult white man at the funeral yeah. with that accent. It wore my feelings. I think that the... the, the what, what was the, your reaction? What were your thoughts? <clears throat> I was trying I was trying to place like what, what the point was here. And it, it, it was, again, I think the... They were trying to give this kid a positive experience, a, a teachable moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when they had the discussion earlier about like the next time we get a na- nanny, let's get someone who's more metropolitan or let's get one of those Chinese nannies who can teach you Mandarin. And mm-hmm. like, they also look at this guy and go, that's not an outcome that we want. I don't think it was saying anything specifically about that guy. He was just like, Oh, everyone, a lot of people say that I have a very thick accent. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was more like, well, what do the parents think about that? Do they want this for their kid? It was a judgment on them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I took much more from that. What about you? Um, no, I think I'm on the, the same page as you. I think, yeah, the value put on inviting different cultures into your home and obviously mm-hmm. having um, a Chinese nanny um, 
or child carer in your home is it's fine if your son learnt Mandarin totally. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. he learns the culture of Trinidad, um, that's less valuable to them. Totally, totally. But then you've got like things like on the way home, the dad like singing the song, mm-hmm. mm. and like there's there's like a they've made they formed a positive connection. I think there yes, they consider family and stuff as well. Yeah. Then you have the end bit with the photos showing up with mm. Sylvia and the kid. I'm, I'm like, I'm not really sure what the overall the takeaway is here. Is this meant to be a negative thing, a positive thing? Who is this reflecting on? Is it reflecting on Sylvia? Is it reflecting on the parents? It's it's or it's kind of just a statement, I guess, of yeah, how guess involved because like- this because that was the follow up on like they were the only parents apparently not there at the school mm. photo day, and yeah. she was yeah. and. Maybe just the judgment was on be more involved in your kid's life. Yeah. Or just like, <laughs> you know, the acceptance of the reality of this woman who, yes, mm. was an employee, um, from your son's perspective, mm. was family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what it is. And you can't take that away. Yeah. Great. Really. Great. Again, just one of those like, just makes my mind, just gets me thinking in a way that I just hadn't been before. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Just fantastic exploration of like a, of a real life thing that just why would we think about it you and I? Mm. Uh, but maybe we should be episode eight, new jazz. The official logline: Alan Darius walk around Amsterdam. Psh, I could make a way better TV show than this. Um, <laughs> Jeez. This I thought was from a perspective of of the episodes that involve our core cast. One of my favorites for the season. Mm-hmm, um, okay. It reminded me a little bit. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but there was an episode with the barber shop that involved. It was very mm-hmm. paperboy centric as well, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a big standout as well. Yeah, <laughs> pardon me. Um, it had a lot of just very funny moments that I really liked. The bit where the guys are following paperboy, like paperboy, paperboy, and they're like the three thug type. Guys Terrifying. that are over there, but then when they can't find him and they see the pram and they steal the, the fucking baby? baby and then start throwing it around, I'm like, this is so ridiculous. It was some real like clockwork orange, just yeah. like these British teens just out of control. Yeah, genuinely scary. Yeah. Then we have. Oh, and then I also loved when he goes into that house. Yes. yes. And that Paul, and I was like, oh, okay, he's finally started tripping, and he's like, yeah. are you okay? Um, I was like, like, oh my goodness, and then she's. It's performance art. Yeah, you just is, hear the guy crunching on chips to the sides like, oh, it's art. art. <laughs> he just walks out of the room. I really enjoyed that. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, then, then I, you know, we you can argue when he started really tripping and when it started to mm-hmm. really happen for him. But then he's, he goes into the art gallery and meets this Lorraine character, starts talking with her. She's talking about his hat, questions him about, like, how good his friends are because they would have told him how shit that was. Mm-hmm. Um, got him wearing the goofy hat. All that sort of stuff. Takes him on a trip. Takes him to this new jazz club. Um, he meets Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. who turns out they're at the cancel club. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts talking about the very real controversy around him talking about how he felt when he was a younger man about black people after something mm-hmm. very horrible happened to somebody he, he cared about. But the 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 statement at the end, and God, you got to give Liam Neeson 
Like, I'm so glad they could tap that guy. It was like the right amount, the right person with just the right amount of controversy to be able to reflect on this stuff. But then we had that discussion about like, shouldn't you have learned from this? And what he learned was the best and worst part of being white is you don't have to learn anything if you don't want to. It was mm-hmm. just like such a perfect summation of what we keep seeing with these people like fucking Louis C.K. and um, anyone really who is embroiled in controversy like this, it just mm-hmm. does not seem to matter in the end. It just no. does not seem to matter. Um, Give it five years and bullshit. any white person can come back. Absolutely. Yeah. If that. It, yeah, if that's the maximum time. Yeah. Maximum. And mm-hmm. right now with all the stuff that's happening with like uh, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing, mm-hmm. which I didn't cover, I, I tried to avoid as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. It's like the anti... the the The... The clapback against the Me Too movement, basically, mm-hmm. that's come to undermine any progress that was made there at the moment. It's just like fucking yeah. dead. Kevin Spacey like, stuff, all of it. Even, no matter what you feel about that entire situation, the vitriol that exists within that conversation mm-hmm. immediately makes me go, no. Like, just no. You've You've lost all good points you may have had if they ever did exist with how you are conducting yourself right mm-hmm. now. It's disgusting. Um, we sort of talked about the ending of this, which really sums up what was happening in the season already. We don't really need to go back and talk about the discussion between mm. um, Earn and uh, and Paperboy at the end. Um, but it just in terms of like spending so much time with Paperboy mm-hmm. and ultimately understanding this, the, his trip, this discussion he was having with his mum... I just thought was wonderful, yeah, introspection or internal um, exploration of who Paperboy mm-hmm. is. Um, okay. yep. I thought it was just beautifully executed. And although I saw it coming, I really enjoyed this, like, whatever fucking weird time travel shit was happening with this, these drugs when he's the guy who was having oh, the, yeah. The, yeah, that. the thing in the street as well that happened at the start of the episode. Also, I need one of our American listeners to enlighten me. Do Americans, when they travel overseas or to Europe specifically, wear those hats? Where are those hats coming from? I like those hats. I know they exist. love wearing American flag clothing, but I didn't realize they also Paris enjoy Disneyland those Disneyland is hats. not that far away, and they may well have got it from there. Oh, I don't that's know. right, Paris Disneyland. Yeah, that's right. not okay. that far away, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe I don't know. I've seen <laughs> tourists wear some weird shit. Low socks and sandals. A lot of backpacks. And that's and just German tourists here. That's, they love that's some American tourists. Other places as well. <laughs> tourists just love sandals. That, that being said, some of the worst tourists I've ever seen have been Australian tourists. When I was in Rome, Ugh. some of the biggest fuckheads I've ever seen um, mm. were Australians staying at backpack hostels and stuff like that. They yeah. were. We are not immune. No, we, we are, are not also a- wankers. We absolutely. Um, episode nine. I'm not going to say the title because I'm not sure I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but the synopsis is Downey's luck, a mixed-race high school senior attempts to win a full scholarship to college by proving he is black. Uh, the official logline is black and white episode, yawn, Emmy bait. Why do they hate black women so much? Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I believe was a, was a criticism that was thrown at the show after an episode that happened in season two that involved... There was a discussion about black women... Or uh, black men and white women, or something like that. It was right, okay. it was happened in season two. I can't remember it fully. Anyway, this was I thought was a a really good like 
double billing with the episode about like reparations. Yes. It was like that sort of follow up on, um, I don't want to say overcompensation, like compensation specifically for black people to get ahead. But the really interesting thing about this was also the, just the idea of the black identity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from a perspective, I, I have zero perspective on this whatsoever. How could I? Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing this kid, his like the racial slurs he would use against other black people when he was on playing online, his friendship group, how like the, the conversations he had with his dad, the absurd test he was put through, but then the. Just the the beautiful summary of when he arrives at the school to burn the school down, mm-hmm. and this other guy, who where was he from? I can't remember. It was Nigeria, like Nigeria, I think. Well, I was I thought it was Nigeria too, but I could be wrong about that. But and he was not considered black because the i which is something. This is an idea I didn't even have until I started watching Atlanta. The idea mm. of black culture, the idea of identifying as black. Because mm-hmm. if you have sort of heritage back to slavery, you don't actually necessarily know where you are from, your ancestors were from, so you can't necessarily trace yourself back to a culture like a Nigerian culture directly. Yeah. And so black culture is like the culture, the, that that specific idea of creating culture within America mm-hmm. um, as the ancestor of slaves, that he does not fit that bill, so he can't be black, but then when he mm-hmm. gets shot by the police... After they don't say freeze, but they say freeze to yeah. the main character. It's like it was absurd, and um, I thought really beautifully um, illustrative of its idea of what of like judging how black a person is or isn't. I just mm-hmm. I don't again I don't know whether it came to a particular mm. uh like summary of that it was just more of like an exploration of all of that i don't know that's mm. that, that was a very vague way of putting it yeah How, no no, no. I, I i don't think so i mean i think so much of this season and if i could remember probably previous seasons as well um is about identity what we choose mm-hmm. to identify within ourselves i mean in you know the big payback we have a white man who chooses not to identify with being you know related in any way to slavery mm-hmm. in trinity to De bone we have um a young boy raised by a woman from trinidad um and he has absorbed some of that culture as well within his very young identity and now we have this young man for you know, cultural survival reasons mm-hmm. um, has embraced whiteness um, because that's where the value is placed within society, which also then goes back to the old man and the tree when mm-hmm. Darius is having that conversation about race within, you know, a capitalist culture. Um, if one has value, that means another is of of less value because that's how we um, choose to think of things mm-hmm. in our culture, our society. So, yeah, it's it's all related with that. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it has a very, this episode has a very clear idea of what it wants to explore and it does it really successfully. The, the ending, I'm still, I feel like I'm missing out on something a little bit with the ending. The one year later, 
again, this time um, with him working in some like electronics store. Mm-hmm. He is now <laughs> expressing more of those black traits that the uh, the guy that was assessing their eligibility for the tuition would have been looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, his old girlfriend shows up. They have a conversation. And then he says that line about, I've never actually found you, I've never found you more attractive. And then the look to camera, mm. I definitely am missing something and I don't know what it is. Do you have any thoughts on what that is? Um, I don't really know exactly what it is, what that thesis statement is. I... I assume it's that the element playing in that scene, and I could be very wrong, um, is the the value placed in the um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Is it like in a? Is it something to it's, do with like is a her attraction to him? She, she yes, did, I think it's about the sexualization of black men in terms of their um, their seen as supposed to be. Um, sexually confident and forward and something is desirable in that and he has embraced that. Um, But I guess, like, he still hasn't found – I don't know if he's found himself in terms of he's gone from one extreme, which is just erasing his blackness entirely, and then gone to the other side of embracing stereotype – um, because it's valued by the white culture. I don't know if that's what he, it's saying. He was talking up like a black woman, though, at the start of that. Yes, like Officer this the is discount true. And stuff like that. That and that's, is very true. Yeah, and so you, I, you, I think you're, you're probably in the right area. And we know. Am that, I in the right zone? I, don't, I but think so. Because, I'm with you. I don't. I'm not really sure. Because the girlfriend also, like, she didn't. Con- we don't know that he was she was leaving him for this other black man, but there was like, that was, he was black. The guy she seemed that to have was some like, kind of interest in that black man that was messaging her on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah, is I where don't, I don't know. I'm just going, I'm just going to plead complete ignorance, ignorance on this one. Yeah, and probably the smartest here. thing to do <laughs> rather yes. than pretend I know. Why um, even, why am I even attempting to try and analyze <laughs> it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that final scene is. Episode 10, Terea. The official logline, yo, Terrell was a real person. Wild. They got to stop biting these better shows, though. Um, so this is the van episode that I've been hoping for all season. Mm-hmm. I was surprised when I realized it was a van episode. I'm like, the last proper, like, paperboy mm. earn-centric episode. Really, the last... I mean, the, there was no really earn-centric episode specifically about him. The last even... The, any of the boys that were really involved in this episode eight. Um, mm-hmm. So they were definitely playing with people, maybe what they were after in this season. I wonder if people came away disappointed by that. I hope not. Um, this is the van episode we're looking for. Fucking hilarious. Very quickly. Oh my gosh. When at it- the the <laughs> terrible accent. But then like mum was saying to me, like, she's still at that baguette. She left the house with the baguette again. I'm like, this is... And then they started commenting as well. As like, uh, the commentary... On the baguette was oh. all of my favorite lines. Yeah. The, um, what was it? Kind of the, the comfort bread, they <laughs> called it. <laughs> um, all of, yeah, the, the cousins, I really yes. enjoyed. And um, 
the one, not the one who ends up peeing, but the other one. Um, I was like, she's so familiar to me. And it's because she was on the Mindy Project and she was really uh, funny right. in that. Great. Um, yeah, so she's she's very, very good. I mean, they they both were amazing. I really enjoyed all of that. The, the review, when they realized they've eaten hands. Yes. <laughs> you guys are eating hands. <laughs> was very funny. Um, but, yeah, the whole baguette um, and then... Where that ends up is perfection. Yes. Um, and then to even say that within the episode, those characters say um, the baguette has has paid off or something. <laughs> like they, there's a line along those lines which really made me laugh. But when I first started watching the episode and her friend um, goes up to Van and it's like, oh, hey, Van, and she's doing that accent. Yeah. I immediately, I had to pause it because I was, the secondhand embarrassment I had, sure. I was just like, this is, because I thought it was just going to be embarrassing for her, but I didn't realize she'd had like a psychological break sure. at that point. Um, and then as we went on, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a whole a whole thing, a whole series of events mm-hmm. as we go on this adventure. But yeah, I love the Emily wig. I love the striped shirt. I love the baguette. Oh, the, um, the bike, the, the vespers, the the, all of it. <laughs> it was, it was. Very fun, but terrifying, and I was full of concern for Van. It was it was the series of escalations as well. It was like going from yeah. like is this some sort of drug deal to then mm-hmm. having to beat a guy to death with this not to death beat this guy with the baguette, yeah. and then I was like fuck this is wild. And then they're cooking hands, and I was like, where does this end? <laughs> where does where does this end? And also Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. I mean, that was early on. That was basically where this yeah. started. It was Alexander Skarsgård. Um, I did wonder as well because there is a little bit of a similarity um, whether the hand eating thing uh, was like was Alexander Skarsgård sort of playing on the Army Hammer stuff at the moment that's happening at the moment too because they are not dissimilar those two actors mm-hmm. I think if that makes sense because like he's been I accused think of cannibalism, just <laughs> cannibalism. The statement of Rich white people are fucking it could crazy. Be that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair too. <laughs> um, the, sorry, I'm just thinking back to when they were like putting the napkins over their heads, like, oh, isn't this fancy? Oh, God. <laughs> Before they ate hands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I feel like I'm in Beauty and the Beast, made me <laughs> laugh it. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Very good. Um, I also, and then of also, course, yeah. oh, sorry. The yeah, go on. Stephanie Robinson, who wrote that episode, mm-hmm. um, also. Right, for what we do in the shadows. Oh, um, right. Okay, and it, cool. And wrote one of my favorite episodes um, for that show, uh, which is when one of the vampires goes on the lamb um, and becomes like this Jackie bar Daytona. owner. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like she wrote s- that. I've not even seen that episode, but that is like that's how yeah. <laughs> that's how much people talk about that. It's episode. so good. It's yeah, really, really I need good. To watch yeah. that episode. I need to watch that show really. Um, yeah, and then the reveal, obviously, when they start talking about Lottie and what where she was, um, which is the question yeah. I've, I, I've because of Ms. Maisel, Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, mm. I tend to not ask too many questions about where the yeah. fucking kids are anymore. Mm-hmm. But I've been wondering all season what the fuck was happening with Lottie. We knew she was with her parents, but this can't yeah. be good, Van. Um, but that was the point, right? She. But then was, we also don't know how much time has passed. It's also she the said thing I was like two weeks, which is absurd yeah. to think that she got to where she was in two weeks, but also kind <laughs> which of great. Is like a great joke as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she could also be completely like messed up for time at this That's point. True. It could have been months yeah. for all we know. Mm. Um, but that scene was. Um, when they're sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. um, 
the performances are beautiful. Um, the amount of empathy her friend had for her and like space she gave Van to talk about um, what she had gone through and the fact that she had become suicidal and had been frightened by that. Yeah. Um, and also felt a huge amount of guilt towards, um, is it Lottie? Is that? Lottie, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was uh, a great scene. A insane way to get there. What a journey. Mm-hmm. But and but that scene was really 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 good. A really good I thought it was a really good end of the season though as well. Mm-hmm. It was like it was a fun adventure. It was great to give Van so much screen time. Um, Maybe that's the break we need now to get somewhat a little bit more back into reality. But with Atlanta, you never know. We might be going to the moon next season. <laughs> it's, it's not impossible. Um then the, we ended before the credits, the just shot of one of the cousins peeing on this guy. Yes. For a very extended amount of time with time. the Eiffel Tower in the background, yeah. like beautiful shot just goes and goes and goes. And the longer it went on, the more I was giggling. Yeah. Um, I just remember that scene in um, A League of Their Own when Tom Hanks comes in and just oh, pees sh- for a really long time. No, there isn't a scene in A League of Their Own where... Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks pees on one of the baseball players. That's that's not what happened. I did remember the sequence once you got to the, the what you were talking yeah. about. I was like, what scene are you talking about? <laughs> um, then we also already talked about the post credit scene a little bit. Did you mm-hmm. take anything specific away from that? Did that, like, are they setting up to maybe create some lore around this? I don't want to believe don't it. No, I, I, d- I don't know. I'm going to assume not. I think it's there just to be a little bit cheeky. Because he did mm. mention that his bag went missing. Um when he was having that discussion with the guy in the hotel, the the white Ernest guy, that he lost his bag when he checked into the hotel. So it's Yes. They are yeah. suggesting those worlds, including the one where there's these reparation things happening, mm. are connected. It's not an alternate reality. I don't yeah. know. I'm not gonna invest in it too much because I'm not sure the show's gonna explain it. Yeah, I can't wait to read like when this show is all said and done. Um the the amount of Theses, theses that theses. university students are Ugh. gonna write <laughs> about this show and all the stuff within it and the interpretations that you can get from it. Do you remember the Cheese Man in episode one of season one on the bus? Do you remember him? No. Oh, okay, go back and watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I'm sure it it's on very, YouTube. I'll go find it. Very, uh, very Twin Peaks esque. Mm. It, it really had that Twin Peaks vibe. Uh, the other thing, very quickly, you were talking about the writer of this episode. Uh, very much wanted to sort of draw attention to the idea of stories about young mothers with depression. I think we, mm. like, I think the idea of postpartum depression has come up in TV shows more and more, but maybe not necessarily someone Van's age that much or in this way. Mm. I'm not really sure, but um, certainly a worthy discussion to have. And Van was a good character. Mm. And Zazie Beetz is a great actress to be yeah. having this sort of stuff, I think. And, you know, it kind of wraps up the whole idea Denny thing um, mm, mm. for the season, which is I don't know who who I am. I lost the thing that I thought defined me. I'm I'm adrift, uh, and I don't know what to do with that. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? I feel like I've mentioned all of them. I mean, it was just a lot of the funny lines um, of which I think the. The series of baguette comments in that last episode tickled me pink. What about uh, you? I only had a couple. There was one guy in the cancel club when um, 
uh, Paperboy shows up and they sit down and they're ordering drinks and they're sort of teasing him a little bit about new mm-hmm. jazz and stuff like that. And I was trying to remember who the guy was that was in that scene. He's mm-hmm. like the mean gay kid in Sex Education. Took me a while uh, to place yep. him. Yep. I was like, oh, right. I haven't seen him in anything else except Sex Education. Um, they talk about in the episode about the nanny, about mm-hmm. Dr. Lipschitz when they're talking about like parenting advice. I'm like, mm. was that a Rugrats reference? <laughs> Dr. Lipschitz was always like the parenting guru in Rugrats. Oh, I, I was so. like, is this the same universe as Rugrats? That'd be great. <laughs> I think, I'm sure, yeah, I'm convinced it was a deliberate reference or maybe Lipschitz is a thing that existed. But I, I looked up Lipschitz and Rugrats and I was like, yep, yeah, that's definitely, I remember that correctly. The other thing, I think very other thing I wanted to mention was like the idea of like the Black Panther 2 premiere or Black Panther 2, the movie came up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Which I found interesting because I don't know if it was necessarily critical of it, but you wonder where they're trying to talk about like the commodification of black identity and stuff like that in film. Most of the people in this show, though, have done something for Marvel at some stage. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. I wonder what's being said or not being said here. I'm not really sure anymore. Like, Donald Glover's been Spider-Man. Um, guy that plays Al is in Eternals. Um, I think the guy who plays Darius has probably been something along the way. Zazie Beats was in Deadpool too. Like, mm-hmm. they've all been involved in these things one way or this another. true. Highlights and lowlights. Did you have anything in particular? It was hard for me to... Really think of anything that particularly stood out as being super high or super low. It was all yeah. pretty great. Mm. I mean, I, there's only so many times I can mention the baguette. Um. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> the baguette can be the highlight. That's fine. My my low light, for instance, was was simply similar to what you were saying. Is I do kind of wish we spent more time with the main crew because mm-hmm. I like those characters and would like to spend more time with them. But then, in at the same breath, I think the highlight was that. They, I did love the anthology episodes for what they were as well. They're not restricted by formula and they're brave enough to go off, like to only have five episodes that really feature Paperboy and Urn. And Darius, who is a beloved character, um, you know, is very brave of them and bold of them to do that. And I appreciate that. I thought that was those anthology mm. episodes are great as well. Yeah, I really don't have a highlight or a low light. I think no. it, it is consistently what it wants to be. Absolutely. And I enjoyed it. Okay. Predictions, hopes, and concerns for a season four. Do you have any I don't have any concerns at all. I think they've shown mm-hmm. themselves to be um, very good at what they do. So no concerns there. I've already kind of predicted possible um, scenarios between Earn and Paperboy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I hope Van finds what she's looking for, mm-hmm. that identity, that purpose, whatever it might be. Though you never know with this show because I'm not sure that's the point of this show at mm-hmm. all. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, my only prediction would be what I've already stated. I think trying to predict this show would be one of the most futile endeavours you could ever come across. Yeah. That would be a massive mistake. I do agree with you if there was one particular story thread I'd like to make I'd hope that gets addressed is the the master's thing between Paperboy and Earn and just that yeah. where their relationship ends up by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you about what you're saying about Van as well. Um, I just don't expect answers. I don't think this is a yeah. show. I think this is a show that really likes to put up questions, 
for the sake of exploration. It's not ever really been about like concrete answers or conclusions. It's about yes. like reflecting reality sometimes mm-hmm. through absurd ways, but ultimately getting to some sort of truth of the situation mm-hmm. or just trying to foster thought and discussion. And if yeah. the, more than anything, I want the show to just continue doing what it's doing. I'm I'm excited for the far, the final season because to me, it feels like the show is going to end on its own terms and it's going to do so probably still firing on all cylinders before mm-hmm. they've run out of creative juices. Um, if they're ready to move on and move on to something different and this is where they want to end it, I respect that completely. And yeah, it's not like other shows where I'm going, yeah, they need to end soon. I'm like, mm-hmm. I like tell me there's going to be three more seasons. I'd be excited, but I'm also... Like, great, one more season. Let's make sure it's as good as the the, the first mm. three were. And the fact that season Can't three and four were kind of being made at the same time. Filmed together, yeah. pretty promising, the fact yeah. that this season was really good. Um, yeah, clearly those creative juices are still flowing. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Also, yes. um, if someone wants to give Stephanie Robinson her own comedy show, sure. I would watch the shit out of that. Amen. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis. That's B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Damask, you're still off social media. Can't medias. find me anywhere, but if you have a question for me specifically, you can always email Hunting Seasons or on the Twitter or whatever. Or on, just on ask the Hunting Rod. Seasons Twitter account, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ask me. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss Obi-Wan Kenobi. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Absolutely. 